Well, hey, folks, welcome to the podcast, and I uh, am here with a few of my friends. So David Hawkins is here. Hello, hello. Josh Armstrong is here. What up? Aaron Wright is here. Hi. And I'm here, and, um, you know, we're going to do like a, like a gimmick, like a podcast shtick. I don't know. If you listen to a podcast, sometimes they just pick some, some topic and decide to bat it around for a while. And we haven't done one of those yet, so um, why not circle up and do a shtick? And uh, the, the gimmick for this one is, I thought it'd be fun if we spent some time talking about um, albums uh, over the years, however many there may be, um, that have really stood out to us, that have made a difference in our life, that the Lord has used perhaps in meaningful ways, that we might have a story about. And part of that is to... Maybe spend some time uh, leaning into the fact that music really, it has a dramatic impact on our lives. It's a big deal for how we um, experience the Lord and that facilitates worship. And, uh, you know, it's just this really powerful force multiplier. And so um, we'll highlight that. And then, I don't know, maybe some of you will get curious and go check out an album or re- or go back and remember one <laughs> that you haven't thought about for for a good long time. So uh, anyway, that's our shtick, and uh, because Josh is sitting right across from me, I'm going to ask him to go first, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Josh, do you have any that stand out to you that we can talk about? Yeah, I told these guys, I got four or five. I don't know how many how many I'll get to talk about on this, because we're all going to be sharing a little bit, but I'm going to start with probably the most uncool one, if that's okay. <laughs> that's uh, and Absolutely. People might stop listening <laughs> as soon as I uh, say this first album, but I'm going to start with... Twyla Paris, Cry for the Desert. Yes. Wow. And if you, if you were in the room right now, you would see these guys' faces. They're looking at me like, oh, oh boy, what's happening? You could have given me a thousand guesses. Now, here, yeah. here's the thing. So let me, t- let me say why. A couple reasons why. So for those who don't know, Twyla Paris was this like Christian artist back in the 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s. Uh, pretty dated, and my mom loved her so much. She had a range, much. though. Holy cow, could she sing? Here's the yeah. thing: people True. don't know this about Twilight Paris. So I, I knew about her because my mom listened to her in the car all the time. My mom would sing some of her songs in church. My mom has a beautiful voice, and so you know it's nostalgic because being with my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tell you what, I, I leaned back into that album in particular because I, because uh, I don't know how I came back across it. The, the album's called Cry for the Desert. The whole idea was her going and writing music about um, places where she could be alone in the desert with God, whatever that meant for her. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know, but Twyla Pierce was a missionary kid. So she grew up on the mission field, mm-hmm. had this incredible perspective. There are two songs on that album in particular. One is called Fix Your Eyes. And the, 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 the tagline of the song is, say unto my soul, fix your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I still sing that song mm-hmm. to myself during like quiet times or hikes or whatever. And the other one is a song called How Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people know that. It was pretty popular back in the day, years ago. Uh, but there's a line of that that says, how beautiful the radiant bride who waits for the groom with his light in her eyes. And it's talking about the church um, and waiting for the kingdom to come. And there have been times when I've wanted to kind of give up on the church in my life, like periods of deconstruction. And then that line, I go back to that. It really brings me back. Um, so anyway, there you go. Starting it off with a doozy, Twilight Paris, baby. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a real debate about how, how you even say that name. I've heard some I've heard some weird well there's no actual debate but there's a lot of I've heard her name mispronounced I'll just say that Twilla Twilla, Twilla. Uh, yeah it's gotten weird <laughs> Twilla, Twilla party, party. Yeah. <laughs> Twilla, Twilla party. Uh, 
gone off the rails already. So yeah, somebody else better go quick. When <laughs> you started with Twilight Paris. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, well, uh, if we want to talk about someone with an incredible range, which we can all agree. Always. Talk yeah. My, uh, one of my most formative albums is by Tori Kelly. So she released a gospel album back in 2018 called Hiding Place. And first of all, like listening to Tori Kelly with and her just absolute God-given mm-hmm. skill is incredible. And her range and her, I mean, just all of those things are incredible. But the thing I love about Hiding Place is, so she's not a like quote-unquote Christian artist or whatever, but she is a Christian who uh, writes music and, and sings. And she used this album kind of as a, it was just like a an anthem for her. One of the songs on it's called Soul's Anthem. And it was like right after she had lost her grandfather, who was like a huge influence to her faith. And um, I think that was like the first time that I ever saw somebody who was a musician, who was a Christian, do both of those things without like feeling like being a Christian was their professional job uh-huh. you know what i'm saying like does that yeah. make sense so that album was huge not only because it's just tori kelly and everyone <laughs> who even has been remotely around me yeah. knows that i'm like obsessed with her but <laughs> also like just to watch somebody who is you know a pop artist but is a believer and who represents that really well and yeah i think that's been really that whole crossover thing where yeah. it's we're not a Christian band. We're Christians in a band. Yeah, which is yes. like, it's, you know, that you, the nuances of that can be whatever. But yeah. I don't know. I think that's why I like it so much. Just I feel like she exemplified that really well. And uh-huh. and I feel like, you know, she just chooses to live a life that honors the Lord. Hmm. Even if she's not singing worship songs in every album. I don't yeah. know. I just, I'm well, her number one fan. <laughs> I, think our, I think our age gap is showing. I'm quite a bit older than you are, Aaron, because when you said uh, someone... And you, I think you'd indicate it was a female with incredible range. I thought you were going to say Sandy Patty. Oh no! Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. no! <laughs> Yikes! Nobody time. best be hating on Sandy Patty. <laughs> hey, she's a powerhouse. Come on! I, I would never besmirch the name. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dave? You want to take a swing? Sure. So we've kind of been on this. Uh, well, some some older older ones. I guess for me, the one that comes to mind is. Um, uh, when I was when I was younger, and it had already been released, but but DC Talk, Jesus Jesus Freak, and 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 that's almost kind of like low hanging fruit because it's just awesome. But mm-hmm. for me, it was like the first time. So I we were talking earlier, and I uh, this was this happened at music and drama camp. Uh, which is what I did when I was a kid. Yeah, so it was did. super cool. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but and I uh played trumpet uh most years. Um, Ooh. Yeah, not not real well. Interesting but that factoid. Was, that was what I did. But I was just obsessed with all things guitars and drums and mm-hmm. and listening to those songs with with friends there. And this was the first time that it was explained to me or that I understood that what I'm listening to on this on these songs is not just the three guys that there's like a mountain of musicians that contribute <laughs> uh-huh. and track guitars. I'm like, what do you mean? So I'm hearing, I'm hearing eight guitar or whatever the number <laughs> yeah. and not just one. I was like, Oh, this makes way more sense. Cause it's trying to wrap my head around how like one person to play. How all that. are they yeah. doing all of this? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just that 
yeah, it's and it's still to this day something I'm like, man, anytime those those songs come on, I'm like, this is I'm in, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't dance, but if I did, those oh. would be it. Oh. Yeah. Guys, Jesus Freak is a really big deal. That album was was huge. It was yeah. that was in the whole like thing where the church was trying to prove to broader culture, you know, anything you can do, we can do just as well. You know, you've yeah. got your rock music, and we've got our rock music, and you've got your rap music, and we've got our rap music, yeah. and then, and then like, Jesus Freak was like top ten. Yeah, and, and like, I feel We're like doing it. We're winning. It was one of those that wasn't, and this is just my perspective. That wasn't a. You guys remember when like it was very common for there just to be a Christian version of something like yeah. the pop yes, culture? Right. Yes. To me, it wasn't that. It was like, yeah. no, this is like legit. Like this is just music that's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't a carbon copy, but not because yeah, there was like some really like campy yeah. like you know change the words to oldies oldie songs and you know anyway. Well, yeah, and I think part of what like stood out about it was the quality of it is because yes. before, if there was a Christian version of something, the quality was, it was noticeably lesser. Less. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so I think DC Talk was like that album in particular. The quality of the music was really good for the time, yeah. mm -hmm. and it didn't matter what the subject matter was of it, you know, and people took notice of that, I think. You, you know? gotta think that album's coming out right when Nirvana's doing their thing, yeah. Pearl Jam's doing their yeah. thing, right. Oasis, and that album could go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any of their yeah. best albums during that time period, just the quality. And it is one of those start-to-finish albums where, like, every track's pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're not skipping any tracks. You can go all the way through. And I will say this about that, too, and maybe this just points to the fact that it was just, just full-stop good music, which is, this is, <laughs> whenever Sharon and I are, like, on a road trip, and uh, we want to go down memory lane and play some old songs. The kids absolutely hate it. They're just, mm. they want it to end immediately. <laughs> but not Jesus Freak. They they sing along and we all cut loose on that one. They they accept it. <laughs> I can still yeah. rap that song. I'm not going to. Yeah, honest, let's, but I, a little oh, sample, maybe. Just a little. Yeah. There's a couple of offensive lines in that, <laughs> yeah. actually. Uh -huh. so, no, <laughs> no, no, actually, Marmalade Aaron, Jelly. Uh, yeah. not, my mom went to Marmalade <laughs> Jelly, too. Uh, oh, no. It took me a while. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, go ahead, Dave. Do, do, do your thing, Hawkins. <laughs> no, I, I want to hear Amax. Let's go, McCarter. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, so the first one I thought of uh, was, this is a 2013 album, so I'm a little... Uh, a little newer than you yeah. guys. Good grief. Oh, well, I guess More not, contemporary. Not, not you yeah. in, but this is still almost 10 years ago. Oh. Actually, the truth is the first five albums I thought of were all Carmen albums, but I thought, let's oh. let's mm. spare let's spare the people. Uh, but uh, Carmen, 2013... Carmen put on a really good live show. He did put on it. Just saying. I Carry got on. fake saved at one of those <laughs> yes. live shows just so I could go forward and see Carmen in person. Oh he put God. on a great show if you're into circuses, for sure. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yep. I'm sorry. I didn't. We'll, we'll edit that. We'll no, we won't. <laughs> like, unhear those things, don't you? <laughs> no, this is uh, Samuel Lane, who's a worship leader in the UK at uh, the Vineyard Churches there. And the album's called The Fire. And it is, first of all, it's just kind of in the same I, this is i know high praise for you know a much lower production budget but like it's just really really good like track for track really stands out as exceptional music but my my general appreciation for samuel lane as a worship leader uh as a singer in general is his voice is just so raw and emotive and it just i don't know how he just oozes feeling and you can't sing along with Samuel Lane and and be emotionally disengaged in the process. Mm. And that album came at a 
time for me, the timing for, for me, it's almost always when I think about albums that made a difference. It's about where I was in my life when that album hit right. and because of where mm -hmm. I was at, it made ripples. Yeah. You know, so this could probably be true of several other albums as well. But I was, I was at a point to where I, I, I the more I thought about it, I think I just was a little bit embarrassed maybe on some, some sort of low level um, that I was when I was young, so incredibly emotionally wrapped up into the worship albums that I really liked, like all the passion stuff. Yep. And I was like, just head over heels for that stuff. And then um, feeling like, hey, Aaron, you're, maybe you just got a little too caught up in the emotional side of worship. You got a little too caught up. And, and then just in my own private worship, it became more, uh, a little bit more reflective, a little bit more introspective, all of that. Um, and, and that's fine, but I was still missing something, just sort of that raw, just from the gut worship. Mm -hmm. And Samuel, this album came along, and there is no staying emotionally disengaged when you worship mm. along to this to this song. I mean, to, to that album, uh, the way he sings, the the lyrics that he writes, the way that whole album, um, that whole album works. And there are songs on that that really hold up. Now, almost a decade later, we did one of them at worship night on Sunday night. Follow yeah. Fresh, right? That's yep. a that's a that's I, I think it's the first track on that album. Fiery Love is just pure, I don't know, energy. So anyway, it, it woke up something in me that had been lying dormant somewhat to where it's just the sort of raw emotional aspect of worship that I just sort of let slip. And and it was one that like, I don't play the guitar, but I have like, I can sort of bang out cowboy chords. And it was one where I, I had to get chord sheets for every one. Yeah. And I just, I had to spend lots of time mm -hmm. with every track, playing them horribly, singing them horribly. But because it just, oh, it got, it seeped down in my bones. And it was like months where that was like the default album that I went to mm. again and again. That one meant a lot to me. I think that balance is so, so hard with worship music is like that holistic piece of, man, these words really mean something. <laughs> like, yeah. and they're theologically sound and like they, they hold so much weight, but also I can connect emotionally with it too. I think that's, not often the case and i think more and more i've seen you know different things but i think especially back then it was either like you're saying maybe really emotionally charged but when you would if you were to read the lyrics you'd be like oh not yeah. really <laughs> i don't really know about that mm. or kind of the other way around where those theologically lyrically rich things you could almost detach from in mm -hmm. in some ways so mm -hmm. yeah that's that's huge to have mm. a an album that you can connect with both ways yeah yeah yeah, and to sort of blow on some of those embers. So, right. What about it, Josh? Give us another one. Uh, I'll throw three specific albums in together, but just around <laughs> one genre that meant a lot to me. And it's going to be, uh, I don't know, I feel like every time somebody does some type of podcast like this where you're talking about music and favorite albums, somebody's going to bring up Bob Dylan. <laughs> but I legit <laughs> I just... Knew you were going to say Bob Dylan. You know what, man? Here's, here's why. Here's why. When I was in college uh, and you know, going through all the stuff college students go through, whatever, um, and super moody and angsty and excited about justice and things like that, I remember just like getting turned on to Dylan's early stuff, which, which you know, had what people call protest songs. Dylan wouldn't call it that. But... but I think what turned me on most of Dylan's music was just the poetry. I mean, he was a legit poet, mm -hmm. and I love poetry. And um, 
And as I really dug into his lyrics, I was like, man, I didn't know people could write music like this, mm -hmm. like put stuff to music. And then, so I guess Dylan and his disciples really have like influenced my life since college, just mm -hmm. these singer songwriters who take lyrics really seriously. Um, mm -hmm. I guess two Dylan albums, uh, Bringing It All Back Home was an incredible, there's a, there's a track on that album called The Gates of Eden. It's, it's not a real well-known Dylan track. And for it's me, it was, it's, it's a deep cut and it's so good. And uh, and then another album, one of his early ones, which is the Free Will and Bob Dylan, uh, uh, had Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, which, gosh, go listen to that song right now. Stop <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> and I'll mention one other album, talk about a disciple of Dylan. I would consider Sufjan Stevens uh -huh. a disciple uh -huh. of Dylan. And he had this album, Lottie, and it's much, much more new because my nostalgic side has come out so far on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, but a few years ago, Carrie and Lowell, uh, and that was him mourning the death of his mom. And I remember just like over the last few years, that album, um, in terms of grief, because I've had some loss over the last few years, uh, that is like my go-to grief album. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. There's a track on there called No Shade in the Shadow of the Cross. And mm -hmm. oh man, gets in your bones. <laughs> and uh, let me push in a little bit on that statement you just made your go-to grief album oh yeah yeah Say something about that oh i was so afraid of grief uh most mm -hmm. of my life i was up to about i don't know i started thinking about what it meant to mourn and grieve well mm -hmm. and contemplate death mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and stuff that i thought was really icky before and uh, probably when i was around 30 i don't know uh, through a series of events and i think you know, so many church traditions look at all four seasons of mm -hmm. life and, and we, but a lot of church traditions neglect winter and winter's mm -hmm. a real thing. And it's hard to appreciate spring and resurrection yep. if you can't press into grief and mourning and death. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's healthy mm -hmm. when done in the right way. And so that album is one of the ways that helps me. Yeah, that's really good. So maybe I'll, we were doing something of an order here. I'm going to go out of order because the, the other album I wanted to talk about was for a, for a bit there without me even knowing I needed it was a go-to grief album uh, for me, uh, which is uh, David Belosh, which is a name you probably probably no one's heard. <laughs> um, uh, but Paul Belosh was a vineyard guy, and you've probably heard that name. This is actually his son, um, who has just done one full-length album. It's called Labyrinth. It came out in 2017. And it's just... Um, it's reflective, it's, it's prayers, it's almost exclusively scripture. Like every lyric is just lifted from the verses of scripture. Um, and that hit me at a time, 2017, I was just, I don't know, man, I think I was depressed. 20, that was a really bad year. <laughs> that was, that was the worst year. Like if I, I've had a lot of really good ones, mm. 2017 was just <laughs> awful. <laughs> and I was so uh sad about a lot of things in 2017 and this is weird because i was i was oddly calculated about the whole thing uh because i was like man i've got a whole stack of emotions i have to do something with but i thought all right what would be the what would be the best strategic approach <laughs> which is a weird thing to do that reminds me of one time when i was I, i'm not one who like flies off the handle uh, like when I get mad, I usually go inward. I don't go outward. But I remember one time as a kid, little kid, this has nothing to do with the album, by the way. But one time <laughs> as a little kid, I, uh, I, I, I knew that people would like get mad and punch things. And I was like, I'm really mad. I should punch something. <laughs> 
And so I was like, okay, what would be a good thing to punch? And I, I remember going into the basement and looking specifically for something. I was like, I want something to punch that when I when I punch it, it'll hurt real bad, but it won't break my hand. And if I break it, it won't be it, I won't get in trouble for breaking it. Or like, I really thought the whole thing through. And then I poach uh, I punched like a uh, a plastic Coca Cola crate, like used to with yeah. all the bottles. Yeah. And it hurt real bad. And afterwards, I was like, well, I'm just more mad now because now my hand hurts. It didn't work at all. <laughs> but I really sort of thought through it. <laughs> anyway, I kind of did the same thing with this album. I was like, I knew I knew I was a little bit on the edge of going to a, a, a mm-hmm. dark spot. And, you know, you, when you're in those dark places, you kind of want to listen to the, the sad, haunting music or whatever it might be. And I thought, I know enough to know that if I'm going to let myself listen to music that could potentially be sad, it needs to be like scripture, <laughs> like through and through. And what was what was interesting about that is, sure enough, man, it became. It, it ended up being all right. I'm going to have some time of prayer, and I'm going to I'm going to put on this album just because it's scripture. Then I fell in love with the album. It's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. Um, and then I found myself wanting to leave it on um, after prayer time was done. And then this is not an exaggeration. For months, it was just on essentially all day, every day. And uh, I remember kind of in the middle of that thinking, this is the one, one of the most beautiful albums I've ever heard, and I'm not going to be able to enjoy it in the future because I'll <laughs> look back on it and it'll just be associated with all this sad oh, stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, bummer, but so be it. This is what I need. Um, and then what happened is I just, I just kept listening to it day after day, week after week, and even month after month as I came out of that and into a place where I felt actually like, I'd really been renewed and restored and I was still listening Mm. to that album every day. And so now when I go back and listen to it, I don't associate it just with those sad places, but also getting pulled out of that. Mm. Um, And so again, just like before it's about where an album hits you with where you're at in your life. And so that one caught me not just to the dip, but, but through it and, and out of it. And I still recommend that, especially if you're looking for like, what's a soundtrack for something to have on the background while I pray or think or reflect. That's the one mm. to go to, Labyrinth. That's interesting talking about like the timing of things, because one of <laughs> one of mine I listened to and like loved all the songs, but I didn't really need them right then. Mm. But like I needed them in the next season, uh-huh. and so that was a really crazy thing that I felt like was a gift to me, where I wasn't really going through it at the time when I heard the songs, and then like right after i've been like oh yeah that was a good album and i like, moved on it was like everything hit the fan and like mm-hmm. i needed all those songs and then they were like i had i knew them all by heart you know it's um it's called there is more and it's a hill song one from mm-hmm. 2018 mm-hmm. and uh so there's a song in there called seasons that talks about um a seed being planted under the ground and how even if there's snow on the ground mm-hmm. that there's like all these processes in the seed happening mm-hmm. during the winter time yep. so that when spring breaks it can break mm-hmm. through the surface and um like the line in that song says i believe that my season will come and then there's another one called new wine um where it mm-hmm. talks about in the crushing Such god is making song. new wine yeah. you know um, it has other good ones. Who You Say I Am is on there. Remembrance mm-hmm. is on there. So Will I is on there. Um, so all You know, all like that most people are really familiar with. But yeah, um, yeah so I listened to all those and it was something kind of different for me. It was kind of a not things I'd really been listening to. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So like during the time when it came out and I was listening, I was like, yeah, these are cool. These are different, whatever. And then um, the next like couple of years, like 2019, 2020, were were just like really difficult in my Did life. Something happened in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people might have had a weird year in twenty twenty. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, like we brought our daughter home in twenty nineteen, um, in October, like right before all the COVID stuff hit. I mean, like just those oh, two. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, and so it was like, yeah, singing that. Uh, I believe that God is still working in me when my the seed of my life feels really cold and dead under mm, the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just really powerful. And mm. just believing that um, sometimes in those crushing times is when he's making something new and good in your life. And um, mm. yeah, that was a really interesting timing thing where it was like, I didn't really know I was going to need them mm-hmm. as much as I ended up needing them. So yeah, that is a good album. Yeah. Yeah, that actually reminds me. I'm I'm jumping in again. No, but right. I, don't, I don't have like David's next. This isn't on my list. No. Nope. Um, as you said that, it reminded me of a Chris Renzema song, and then I was like, how do I not have Chris Renzema on my list? Um, guys, uh, look up Chris Renzema. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> or like a hybrid worship singer songwriter yeah. guy totally. and a poet man. But he's got a a great song about seasons and it, um, the line is that the hook of of it is god made four seasons but only one spring yeah the song's actually called let the ground rest which is mm-hmm. when the essentially when the snow is on the ground and it feels like there's nothing happening actually exactly what needs to be happening is happening yeah and we just resist that seasonal reality to life because we totally. want it to be spring all the time but he made four seasons only one spring and also, that was my excuse to say Chris Renzema because yeah. <laughs> it's got it's got to happen. He's the guy where I'm like, how is he not the most famous right. of all the peoples? Uh, and yeah. he hasn't really gone mainstream. But man, I'm waiting for it. Yeah. What oh, you got, David? Well, so it's not an, an album per se, but a, an artist that I've just recently like been more introduced to. So Taylor uh, Leonhardt. Mm-hmm. So she led uh, at the worship leader retreat. Uh, which was fantastic, killer yeah. voice, yeah. all the things. And the song she did that was like, man, it just landed. I sent it to you, the song yeah. Behold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it's on a, it it's on like a three. Times in a row. Yeah, right? Me too. <laughs> like a lot. Um, it's one of those that the, the lyrics are like all the things, like every word. I'm like, yes, that. Yes, that. And then the... The, I mean, I'm describing a song is what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Then the music and, the, and the, like all the different pieces. The mel- but it's one of those melodies that I find myself just like, man. Even if I don't have words, like mm. just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll, it's, it's one that will pop up, you know, unprompted. You know, when I'm just doing whatever things, and it's like, man, there it is again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I would definitely say, if you're looking for something to check out. Check yeah. that one out. And the song Behold. Behold, Behold yeah. by Taylor Leonhardt. Yeah. Like, she's if on. You wanted to know yeah. what the song's about. Um, it's about joining God in the renewal of all things. Yeah. It's just, it's about the mission of our church yeah. and in the most beautiful way. Yeah. You know, and there's songs like that, like All Things Rise, for yeah. example, is a song about Man. joining God in the renewal of all things. This song is completely different in every way, but at the very yeah. core, it's about the mission of our church and what we're about. And he's making so, all things new. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll give uh, one more. So, 
uh, and it's more a plug for the artist, so I'll just say his greatest hits. <laughs> and I think he had like three greatest hits albums. <laughs> Again, I, already, I mentioned Dylan, who's always mentioned on any podcast about albums, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy is mentioned on any podcast about Christian albums, and that's Rich Mullins. But Rich Mullins oh, yeah. is just so, <laughs> you talk about how formative he was for me. Um, and there, and, and so like greatest hits wise, I would throw a couple songs on that people should definitely check out. I mean, sometimes by step is like still in the morning, I sing that song as I'm like walking the dog or whatever the, mm-hmm. oh God, you are my God and I will ever praise you. Mm-hmm. I will seek you in the morning, uh, you know, and, and that's just a incredibly powerful, consistent song in my life. It's another um, one of those songs that just drips emotion. You cannot sing that song and not feel a thing. If yeah. so, you're dead inside. There's another, another song called If I Stand um, that's so beautiful. And then there's a line from one that people don't know quite as well. Um, shoot, I'm thinking, uh, Calling Out Your Name is the name of the song. There's a line in it that says, the hope that this thirst will not last long, that it will soon drown in a song not sung in vain. I see the thunder, I hear the, I hear the thunder in the sky. I see the sky about to rain, and with the heavens I am calling out your name. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, Rich Mullins, and uh, died way too young, yeah. but um, man, he's his songs have become anthems for the church for a mm-hmm. long time now. And rightfully so. Very formative for me. You got one more, E. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How much time do we have? I was about to say, Aaron, before Aaron, before this podcast, we were like, oh, I got two or three, and Aaron was like, I've got 27. <laughs> yeah. Call that like a good thing or a judgment. I don't know. Um, I do want to talk about super fast. The, like, a couple of mine uh, have a lot to do with the way that they have bent the genre, mm. which has been really cool. Um, so, Make Room by Jonathan McReynolds. And then just all of Maverick City's albums, but the one in particular for me was Volume 3, Part 1. Uh, and I ended up, like, finding Mav City a little bit later than some folks. And so ended up, like, hitting these songs. So, like, Man of Your Word, Promises, Have My Heart. Mm-hmm. And then kind of going back into their things, finding Refiner, sure, you know, sure, like, yeah. some of those, like, gems. Mm-hmm. But um, so I think that the way that they just chose to kind of ignore genres was really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but make room by Jonathan McReynolds was, it is an album for me that holds so much weight. And I think I'm still discovering all the reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the title track for that one is great. Make room, mm-hmm. uh, lover of my soul. I'm not lucky. I'm loved. But the one that like, I still don't really, I don't know the implications of fully even yet is a song called Cycles. Oh, yeah. That is a, a good song. Good First song. of all, Holy cow. the riff in that is yeah. incredible. Uh-huh. And yes. he could do that all day, which is, <laughs> makes me really mad. But Vocally, um, he's like, he's ridiculous. That's what I'm trying to say. It's <laughs> like, like who can human. do that? No uh-huh. one but Jonathan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But um, the song Cycles talks about uh, just breaking free from the cycles in your life and he mentions some specific things and he, he even kind of just like at the end tags on like generational cycles mm-hmm. financial cycles and he lists out things yeah. and i feel like because i i like to listen to like the live version i feel like mm-hmm. probably the holy spirit was like prompting him to say those mm-hmm. things but um i don't know just something about having the opportunity to declare in a song that um you're choosing not to live in the cycles that either you have been choosing or 
uh, you've been wrestling with mm-hmm. is really powerful. But um, mm-hmm. both of those, I feel like, have broadened my idea about uh, worship music and Christian music and mm-hmm. all the things, just the way they have bent some genres. So that's the only ones I'll say. <laughs> my first time hearing that cycle song, I I um, I loved it musically, but uh, I was like, ah, oh, is this like a little too direct? Is it just a little too on the nose with the cycles thing? And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe it's a little surfacey. And then I listened to it a couple more times. I was like, this is the most not surfacey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have, I'm, I may not ever plumb the depths of this. I right. quickly changed it. Like, it's a, I think it's a brilliant song. And musically, it's wild. Too. Right. That's <laughs> really, very, very cool. Yeah. We got any more? Dave, do you want to throw another one out? Oh, man. Well, Jonathan Reynolds was what I was going to say next. Just as another artist. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, which we've already talked about him. Although, I don't know. You can like go past that. Yeah. Josh is uncharacteristically silent on the Jonathan McReynolds talk. Is he new to you? He's new to me, and I'm All embarrassed right. because I feel like yeah, this is somebody you feel like know. the guy on the outs. I do, I do. You sense that, huh? I did. I could. Feel. It's like you've known me I for could. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons why why we did this podcast is to maybe put some new artists and albums on people's radar. And Josh, I'm just glad we put one on yours. I was going to say it would be really helpful, and I'm probably putting like Aaron or somebody on the spot. But man, I don't know if we can have like liner notes for this podcast and get these names. I don't know if you, you yeah, yeah we can do that. Few listeners sure. have been uh, taking notes sure. while we're no. I'm <laughs> sure everyone has been taking copious notes. Do you know what though? It, anyone who's been to our church in a while might have recognized a Jonathan McReynolds song. Mm-hmm. Yep. that song we do. Please God is it. good. Please, please, no. please, please. <laughs> Oh, that's him. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mayor Troubles oh, keeping yeah. you the cross. That's also him. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, cool. That song is incredible, man. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be excited yeah. to dig into some Here's other some stuff. Here's some more for sure. For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I was just with uh, Nick Sutton over in the UK. I was coming back from Africa on a, on a trip. And Nick Sutton, uh, for those who don't know, is kind of the, the main missions guy for Vineyard UK. Boy, we should have had him on this. He he mm. That guy knows – he was – you know, coming up with all kinds of stuff I had never heard of before, but it was just a reminder that these are actually really, really helpful conversations because music has been so formative for me and I know it has been for you guys. And so, um, hopefully this is really helpful to people checking this out. And yeah, it's such a big deal. It's such a beautiful thing. It's one of the gifts that God, God gives us that maybe we can just run past. Like sometimes when, um, you know, I haven't done this in a while, (laughs) but one of the things Bryce and I used to do when I would sort of tuck him in at bed to bed at night back, back when um, he went to bed before I do, uh, which has shifted, but uh, (laughs) we would go through and just list random things that we wouldn't think of to say thank you for, because they're just sort of built into the fabric of society and you never stop. Like if, like if somebody writes you a check that you weren't expected, you're going to be like, Oh, awesome. Praise the Lord. You'll Mm -hmm. think because it's so out of the ordinary, but we would like one of the, we would be like, um, he would say mustard a lot. The kid loves mustard. And he was like, who stops to thank Jesus for mustard? Well, maybe you should. And like, and, but several times we would talk about music would come up and be like, we talk, he played the trumpet a bit. And we'd be like the trumpet. When's yeah. the last time you stopped and thanked Jesus for, you know? Uh, yeah. And then someone, it would be music because it's such an incredible gift, like food. Like we could have just had, God could have just designed us to work like cars do. We've got a little fuel compartment and you know, they, that's how you get your yeah. energy. Instead, there's 
food and everything and all yeah. the joys and creativity that comes from it. And I think music just gets it gets overlooked. And it's absolutely one of those eternal things that will be part of the new kingdom. There's no 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 doubt about that. New heaven and new earth stuff. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful. Thank you guys for uh, um, sharing some of your stories and some of your albums. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, people have a little to-do list now. They'll, <laughs> they'll pull out pull out some tunes and appreciate some good music awesome thanks y'all all right bye